What do you think you learned from your father about coaching? How much time do you have? How he coaches runners is kind of how he raised my brother, sister, and I. I'm nowhere near as good a coach as a lot of people think I am, and hopefully not as bad as I thought I was. I felt somewhere in the middle. I said, I know you don't take compliments, but I said, I am who I am because of you. And I want you to know that, and I want to tell you that now. The only people he wanted out on the team are people who cared. Welcome to episode six of All the Miles Mattered. This is Neil Amato. It is late October 2022 as I do this recording. I am excited about our future episodes, including this one. Its focus is on the coach of the Lado Long Red Row, Bobby Ennis. I am going with the less formal Bobby because that's how I heard his name growing up. Coach Ennis is sometimes known as Bob. He's sometimes identified as Robert. His full name is Robert Fail Ennis. That middle name is a family name and also one that is the antithesis of the man. So I will stick with the less formal Bobby Ennis for the podcast. Maybe that's too informal, but I'm going with it. A quick summary of Coach Ennis. He grew up in Tampa. He graduated from Plant High School, where he was, in his words, a basketball and track guy. He is famous for downplaying his own ability, yet somehow he was at one time a college decathlete. Bobby was a decathlete at University of Florida, and he's one of those super smart guys. When you're not Dan O'Brien level decathlete, you got to be a smart guy who learns 10 events. Also recall that at the end of the previous episode, Coach Ennis said he didn't have a background in distance running. Well, he learned more than enough quickly to make up for that. In his time as the boys cross-country coach at Lado, the Long Red Row won seven state titles and finished second six times. Coach Ennis was, and still is, quite the competitor. We've mentioned the basketball, the track. He also played tennis. He now plays pickleball. He loves it. And when he was a young coach, according to some of those Long Red Row alums, he was up for impromptu games. Here's part of a conversation with Lado's Chris Duggan about the relationship the runners had with their coach. You guys just, you liked him so much. There were not many high school authority figures that you would say, hey, I'm going to go knock on my teacher's door and see what he's doing on the weekend. Yes. We, we would literally go over to Coach Ennis's, knock on the door and say, Helen, can Coach come out and play? And we'd play wiffle ball. Or, you know, he's a huge baseball fan, Yankees fan, as you know. Super competitive, too. So, yes, I mean, we'd go out there at his apartment complex that he was living at, and we'd play wiffle ball, you know, and he'd mark off the field. And if he hit it over here, it's an out because he didn't have that many guys out there playing. But, yeah, we'd be out there playing wiffle ball till dark, you know, but it was that kind of relationship. Now, granted, when it was time to work, it was time to work. You know, he was coach and you, you did what coach said, but he had that relationship and he had it with all his runners. I mean, even after I graduated and came back and would visit him, like just had that relationship with him. He was, he was a friend and he was your coach, but of course you wanted to do the best you possibly could for coach Ennis. He was like the older brother to those guys. Remember Bobby Ennis graduated high school in spring of 1971 and by fall 1979, he had guided Lado to the state meet in cross country. In a future episode, you'll hear a story about that big brother, little brother dynamic being tested. Now, one reason Coach Ennis was able to connect with those runners, in addition to the wiffle ball games, was his ability 
to tell great stories. Throughout this podcast, you're going to hear some great Ennis stories. You've already heard one of them showing up to watch the Largo Varsity and then finding out they were the JV team. Here's Long Red Row alumnus Dan Lucas. The first thing I ever remember about Coach was just his uh, calm and, and personable demeanor. He was a guy that, you know, he, he knew all the quotes. He knew all the all the uh, cliches. You know, he could uh, chuckle at the cliches, but he never really said anything that didn't make sense. And his words are one of the reasons that the runners gravitated to him. Chris Duggan, who I mentioned earlier, his older brother, Danny Duggan, had been a runner at Lado as well. Chris thought he was going to play football at Lado because he had played it in junior high school. But he decided to go to a cross-country meeting, and after hearing Coach Ennis talk about the program, he switched sports right then and there and decided instead of playing football in the fall, he was going to run cross-country. It's hard to explain, but he's just, he's genuine, and he's just, he's integrity. That's the thing about Coach Ennis. When you hear him talk, he was just starting out, but, and he never ran cross-country, and he'll be the first one to admit it. He just, he wanted to build something, and you wanted to run for him. He's almost like a Lou Holtz kind of guy. You talk to him and you, he gets you fired up. And knowing that, I mean, I can remember going to one of my brother's track meets when I was still at Webb, just watching those guys. And I'm like, these guys are on fire. And they just, you know, they did that pack thing. And then, but they were just well coached. And I was like, I just want to run for him. He's going to do the best thing for me to become the best runner I'm going to become. You were a boys cross country coach for three seasons if I'm counting correctly, before you won your first state title. And then from 82 to, I guess, sometime in the mid-90s, if I'm correct, you won seven. That's correct. You had to do something right on your own, you know? On my own, yes. I get that part of it. But as I told you before, we did a lot with the larger team. I mean, they were over in Pinellas, we were here in Hillsborough. We ran against them all the time. We ran at the Largo Invite at Taylor Park, where nobody ever won but Largo. We had our own late to invitational and we ran on the countryside. So that was three local meets that we were going to meet for sure. We were going to meet up at region. We were going to meet up at state. And we started our year at the astronaut invitational every year. And that was Brent's idea. He said, uh, kids work hard all summer. You need to take them to a quality meet and see where you stack up. So with his advice, we went to astronaut. And I'm nowhere near as good a coach as a lot of people think I am. And hopefully not as bad as I thought I was. So I felt somewhere in the middle. I did. I truly, Brent Haley on the phone, talking workouts, you know, coach, this is what we did. What should I do? And really, he didn't have to tell me. I don't think we'd have done as well had he not just opened up completely and said, hey, coach, this is what we're doing. And this is what my kids are running. And uh, I'd get off the phone and look at my notes because I was taking notes the whole time I was talking to him. And then I'd readjust my workouts. You heard that mention about being a Yankees fan. Coach Ennis and his Yankees hat have been nearly inseparable for years. His family was so ingrained in all things Yankees that A, Lato once had a reunion at a Yankees spring training game in Tampa. They called those reunions, by the way, row unions. We got the outfield picnic area or something to ourselves. We had all the runners and everybody in it. They weren't watching the baseball game, but I was between talking to people. And uh, I, I think Brent even came over to that one. B, that row union occurred during the employment of Coach Ennis's daughter, Allison, with the team. And C, both Coach Ennis and his daughter, who went on to become a coach, 
She is now Allison Spinar. He and his daughter both went to coach at another Hillsborough County High School, the one named after the famous owner of the New York Yankees, George Steinbrenner. Steinbrenner High School was the 2019 4A state champion in boys cross country. They were coached by Allison Spinar. In fact, between her father's last state title with Lado in 1995 and that Steinbrenner title, no Hillsborough County school won a 4A boys title. That's a drought of 24 years. Recall how Coach Ennis said he was on the phone with Coach Haley trying to learn more about workouts? Well, the Ennis-Haley interaction went beyond those phone calls. They became great friends. Brent Haley, the younger one, Coach Haley's son, recalls tennis matches where he and his dad would play against Coach Ennis and a Lado runner. Probably five times a summer, we had some classic doubles battles. We just knocked down dragouts. It was awesome. Sometimes those matches were in Tampa. Sometimes they were near the Haley's house in St. Pete. The families were clearly close. Here's Kelly Haley, followed by Allison Spinar. You know, my parents still hang out with Helen and Bobby. And I mean, their three kids were the flower girl and the ring bearer in my wedding. <laughs> yeah, I was, um, I was a flower girl in Kelly's wedding. Yeah, not recently. That was a while ago. Allison arranged to have a book created for her father when he retired in 2019. The book was a series of letters that Coach Ennis's runners had written to him. And it was intentional because just as talking with the guys and telling stories was important, so too was the written word. Here's Lato's Scott Crawford. We'd come to practice and he'd make out these little flyers. And they were all handwritten. I still have some of them. They were on like a legal piece of paper and he'd write them out on what everybody was doing, kind of like a newsletter. So when it came time to present the book at a sort of joint Steinbrenner and Lato event, Allison had former Lato runner Mike Hill, who went on to win five state titles himself as a coach at Winter Park, speak about Coach Ennis and what running for him meant to so many Long Red Row alums. I think that meant a lot more than he'll probably have to let on. When he was coaching, he's very big on the written word. He would, you know, produce results sheets and at the end of the year, and I still, I do this too, a um, yearbook for the kids. He was always giving out handouts. So the written word is very important to him to kind of show their thank yous or their, you know, gratitude. I felt like that was the perfect way to do that and something he would read through and treasure. And you could, you know, reference. And we got letters from guys that he hadn't seen or talked to in years. And I know that meant a lot to him. A lot of those guys would come around and when we had our alumni run, even though it's the first Steinbrenner, we had Mike Hill come by and read something when we presented it to him. FHSAA Hall of Fame member, FACA Hall of Fame, Kiwanis Hall of Fame, Nash Higgins Hall of Fame, Tampa Sports Commission Hall of Fame member, founder of the Long Red Row. I had the opportunity to call the person I just described, Coach. I know that it meant a lot to the guys who wrote it and even more to him. While Coach Ennis may have paid more attention to the baseball than some of his runners, it's clear that those get-togethers were special for the program. Here's Lado's Jeff Chapman. Believe it or not, they were all surreal, right? Because I'm going there and I'm, it's like historic where you're going into a place where you have all of these, initially that 80 team that was just, to me, one of the best team ever. And so to see the Mark Altamaris and the Joe Goldsteins and the Pedro Enriquez, right? And have that and like 
you know, I was on that team, but I was a young pup. They set the standard for us. And then when we won the first state championship to be the, the standard barrier for all the other teams to reach now, because we finally broke that. And so then you look at all of the other young pups, you know, now they're adults and it's like, man, to see the collective, you know, the high school talent back then. I mean, for me, it was surreal just to be there with those guys and to see the young guys who came after us and to see them actually achieve the unbeaten season and were able to win back to back. So, yeah, it was just for me, it was like all of these great guys, you know, the one thing that Kachinas always put upon this was just not the athletic running, you know, the, the academic was a big part of Kachinas, right? And our team, we had a lot of scholars on that team, you know, Joe Goldstein, who goes to Cornell and becomes this big time lawyer to where we had doctors on our team. Our team normally used to have at least two to three of the top five or top 10 academic kids, you know, in their class. And to see them as adults not only brings back memories from way back, you know, looking at all of the photos and the yearbooks and getting those laughs and and reminiscing about it, but just seeing the adults that they've become. That's just as impressive. In doing research, I came upon Coach Ennis's name in the Tampa Tribune in the early 1970s. For some reason, the paper decided to run the scoring averages of every single player in Hillsborough County, top to bottom. It says Robert Ennis plant and like 1.8 points a game or something like that. Neil, you've made me feel good. That's far more than I would have thought. <laughs> I thought I might have made a basket. And if you average that over a season, that, that's not 1.8. Now he can laugh about that, but he did end up being a part of a district champion basketball team. It was probably not the situation he had envisioned going into his senior season. Here's how he explains it. I felt like my senior year, I was going to get a whole lot of playing time. And that would have been like in 71. And they had this thing called um, desegregation and busing. And so I got a chance to be on a real good team, but I wasn't a starter. We won the district championship. And some of those guys ended up being my best friends. It was really the overall experience was was worth it, even though I didn't get to play that much. And at the end of the year, the coach thanked me for being a good team guy because, and it's probably what I learned most about team. And a lot of the other white guys that would have started that year didn't like the fact that they were bringing blacks in, so they didn't play. They quit and went and played baseball and did other things. So the overall experience was outstanding, and I was on a good team. That sense of team over individual became a theme for Coach Ennis in the program he built at Lado. In typical self-deprecating fashion, he looks back and says that maybe he was too much about the team. In upcoming episodes of All the Miles Mattered, you'll hear more about how the Long Red Row went about breaking through that Largo wall. You'll also hear some stories from Coach Ennis in which he demonstrates why imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. 